I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. Are you a saint? Are you a saint? You know, some of you, I'm sure, went, yes, absolutely. And some of you said, no. <laughs> and some of you said, sometimes. Here's the thing. There's no kind of. There's no sometimes. There's still only the two camps, the saints and the ain'ts. And so you got to decide which one you in, the saints and the ain'ts. I know which one Paul was in. He tells us, right, Romans chapter 1, verse 1. That's how he starts the book of Romans. Paul calls himself a bondservant. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Oh, there's so much here. Just, there's just so much right there. A bondservant was a slave who was set free. But desired to continue faithfully serving a loving Lord. That's with a small L because it means master. And serving the family. As part of the family. There's a whole set of instructions in the, for the process in the Old Testament. Here's a couple pieces. Exodus says, if you buy a Hebrew servant, a slave. Because then they often sold themselves under contract to pay off a debt or for whatever purposes. Um, in the seventh year... He, or it goes on to say she, covers both, shall go out free. Can't own them longer than that. Seven years, then they go out free, and they pay you nothing. Okay? And then Deuteronomy adds, and when you send him away free, there's something else you got to do. You shall supply him liberally, generously from your flock with which this guy or gal has been assisting you and helping you with. So you got to give him a lot of the flock. And from your threshing floor, liberally. And from your wine press, okay? Now they're all set to go out on their own. If now having no need to stay. This is really important why it has to be liberally given. If now having no need to stay. He says to you, I don't want to (laughs) go. I will not go away from you because he loves you. See, this is a very specific situation. Because he loves you. Where where am I at? He says, I will not go away because he loves you. And your house, as in household, your family. You shall take an awl and thrust it through his ear to the door. You know, pierce his ear. And so I just, I think this language there is just uh, funny. Take an awl and thrust it through his ear to the door. Just don't pierce his ear. Then everyone gets to see part of your family. And he, by his own free will... Shall be your servant forever through a bond of love, the way family members serve each other. That's a really cool deal. And it really helps us to understand a lot of what the New Testament is talking about when it comes to, like Paul being a bondservant of Jesus. Oh, oh. He's a bondservant. Okay. Now, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus, well, he didn't receive from the wine press and the threshing floor. No, he received grace and apostleship uh, from his Lord with a big L when he was set free to serve the family of Christ. And he was given those things in order to call people to the obedience that comes from faith. It's a very specific type of obedience. It means obeying him when it's unappealing or even perplexing to you. There's a lot of things that we agree with and we understand and we just want to do them. And we want to get better at them. 
obedience that comes from faith is obedience to obey when it don't make sense. You don't want to. Says, and you and now he says, and you also, like if you're reading this, he's talking to you. You also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, who are loved by God and called to be saints, eternal members of his family. So are you a saint? Saints alive. Well, do you now serve his family and the Lord with the grateful, ear-pierced eagerness of a devoted bondservant? Set free, don't want to go? You know, how do I know? Well, it's pretty easy. Do you, do you belong to him or does he belong to you? If you're a believer, it's going to be one of the two. Do you belong to him or does he belong to you? Well, how do I know? Oh, it's okay, pretty easy. Just who's calling the shots? Who's calling the shots? As Jesus was going into a village, 10 men uh, who had leprosy came up. This is one of my favorite miracles in the Bible because it's one of the oddest miracles in the Bible. We, we fail to realize what's, what's happening in the story. But if you just take a close look, as we will, you'll see that it's a funny miracle. It's, I, Jesus was always changing up the miracles. He's always doing something in order to do something else. So as Jesus was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy called out in a loud voice because they had to stand so far away. Jesus, master, master. These are the only guys in the entire Bible uh, that is recorded calling him this other than his own disciples. Master, have pity on us. Well, when Jesus, you know, heard him and saw him, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. Uh, after you heal us, go show yourselves to the priests. Somewhere. We're not allowed anywhere near them. Go show yourselves to the priests. You got it, boss. Now, here's the thing. And as they went, this is why I love this miracle. I mean, that's just such a funny thing. Have pity on us. Okay, go show yourself to the priest. Why? Good. Oh, as they went to the priest, they were cleansed. Because that's the obedience that comes from faith. He said to do it. This isn't a secret formula for healing. I go, now I know how to be healed. No, no. This is just an example of obeying what Jesus is clearly commanding when it's making no sense to us at all. And so, you see, one of them, one of them, when he saw he was healed... Do you think it was while he was showing himself to the priest? Wouldn't that be cool? Um, Sorry to bring you out, sir. (laughs) But I was told to, whoa. Huh? (laughs) While he, he, he's healed. He saw he was healed. So he came back praising God in a loud voice. He let every, oh, whooping it up. He let everyone know all the way back. Threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And as you probably know, the other nine didn't. Because it's one thing to be healed. It's another to be grateful. And then Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. That's been so distorted. 
His faith wasn't the power that healed him. Jesus was. Your obedience that came from your faith in my authority has made you well. Because that's what compelled him to do what he said. Right? He said, just go. He said, okay. Hey, you had enough faith to obey what I said to do. And I have enough authority to do what you want me to do. Obedience that comes from faith is when you know what you're supposed to do, but it doesn't make sense to you. That's obedience from faith. It doesn't make sense until it does, whether on this side of the veil or that. But one day it'll all make sense. Paul writes to his friends now in Rome. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith. What he's saying is because the stories of the obedience that's coming from your faith is being reported all over the world. All over the world. Rome wasn't the, turns out, Rome wasn't the easiest place for Christians to live. You've probably heard stories. It got me thinking, what's reported about us in the valley? I'm sure it's good and bad. But what is reported about this church? Because whatever it is, it's like all of you averaged being reported out there. I don't mean individual stories like, oh, this guy or this gal did something weird. I just mean his place church. That's us. Okay, because, man, I, it's very rare we really get to hear. But recently, a, very recently, a visitor told us that she was going to a counselor and in her meetings uh, told the counselor that she hated the idea of going to church because of the people. I hear you, sister. It's us. <laughs> and her counselor, who does not attend here, said to her, you should try his place. I hear they're impossible to hate. <laughs> Best commendation ever. Give yourselves a hand. Oh my, that's you. That's you guys. I hear they're impossible to hate. You're going to want to. <laughs> they do some weird stuff. And so she came, she, so she told us this. She said, so I just had to come out of curiosity to check y'all out. I just, I've never been more proud to be your server. You know, I, I, that's just so wonderful. I hate church because of the people. You should try his place. I hear they're impossible to hate. That's great. Fantastic. So what stories of awkward faithful obedience do you have? Are you holding in? Like, you know, because they're all going to be something you don't want to share. Right? This, we like to share the stuff where I knew this was right and I kind of wanted to do it anyway. And so I did it. What we don't like sharing is, yeah, and so I went and said I was sorry. <laughs> Man, that was hard. Oh, yeah, I had to go tell him I was lying. Oh, I had to go take that back because technically I guess it was stealing. Ugh. And he only did it because Jesus. Only did it because it's very clear what the Bible said I should do. Only did it because, you know, that's what the Lord would want. We all have those stories. Oh, those, that, that's your money. That's what helps each other. Don't hold that stuff in. Don't hold that stuff in. You could be sharing this. That's the good stuff. Obedience that comes from faith. Paul really wanted to go to Rome to see his friends. And so he tells him that he's been praying a very specific way. Man, you want to take note of a, of a prayer. Here it is. I've been praying that I may find a way in the will 
of God to come to you. I'm, I'm just praying that I can find a way in the will of God. What a great line. Find a way in the will. Is his partnership here. But what he's clearly communicating is that Paul's wants take a backseat to God's will. But within that will, he's trying to find any way he can to get there. And he got there. He got there finally in chains after being shipwrecked and bitten on the beach by a deadly snake. Latched onto his hand, it says. So did he think that all this was in the will of God? I've got to find a way in the will of God. Is this all in the will of God? The shipwreck and the snake bite? Well, God used it. Did he cause it? Oh, boy. As people are going to discuss that crap. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares if, he, if God caused it? Not Paul. Not Paul, because that's the master's business. We don't get him most of the time. Paul prayed for a way. And now he's on his way. And all of his hardships along the way uh, resulted in New Testament lessons of faith for the whole world for 2,000 years and counting now. That snake bite, by the way, led pretty much every islander there to the Lord. Because he didn't die. So, I'll tell you, this is all we can know for sure. And, and I, don't even like conver- I don't even like conversations at times. Do you think God causes this or he allows this? Or, you know, where's that? Well, we'll discuss that on the other side. Because for now, there's only a couple things that we can know for sure. One, God's will is quite often quite unlike our will for God's will. You know that. Know that. And then the second thing, saints got to serve. It don't matter if this was like man's free will. And so he really, he's allowed to do it. Choices that really hurt everyone. And God says, well, I could use that even though that wasn't my will. Or God says, you know what? That snake bites the perfect thing. And that's the master's business. Saints got to serve. Saints got to serve. So do not fret, Psalms say. Do not fret because of evildoers or shipwrecks or hardships or snake bites. No, be a saint. Be a saint. Trust in the Lord. Do good. It's pretty simple. Trust in the Lord. Do good. (laughs) Dwell in the land down here, down under the land, down under. And feed on his faithfulness. There is a truth there that is so much deeper than I guarantee any one of us right now is thinking. Let's read it together. Feed on his faithfulness. Stories of faithfulness really help us and his stories top everyone's <laughs> because he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant. I mean, we're talking about God, the creator. Servant to who? Servant to what? Oh, obedient to death. Yeah, that was his master, death. Even death on a cross, the bad kind. The worst kind. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Master, capital L. And there is a good reason Paul was so eager to go see those Romans. He says, I long to see you so that, here's his reason, so that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's 
faith. And you just go, oh, faith is just like this thing. No, no, no. To be mutually encouraged by each other's stories of obedience from faith in the authority of Jesus. Because that's what empowers us. Faith, faith just can't grow in isolation. No matter how good, how good it is to get away, and it is good to get away. You've got to return and receive each other's encouragement. Because that's what it takes when our obedience requires faith. Like if I've heard story after story, and even heard myself tell stories, I didn't want to do it, but I didn't, oof. Then the next time I'm facing that situation, that's what empowers us. And that's fellowship in a nutshell. Sharing our stories and feeding on our shared faith. So do you share well with others? This isn't, by the way, this isn't like small group Sunday and I'm trying to pitch something at all. Each one of us is responsible. You don't need the church to, or we do organize groups, but you don't need that. It means, do you have someone, maybe your spouse, maybe a friend, someone who shares your faith that you do this with or a small group or whatever? Do you share well with others and not just believers, but especially those outside the body of Christ who don't yet know the taste of freedom. You sharing? You sharing with those people? Work or school or acquaintances, neighbors, family, friends? We recently compared sin to cancer. Somebody in a Q&A asked me to elaborate, so we did. Talking about sin as cancer. But uh, this week I was thinking about it in a whole other whole uh, perspective. If you were given a cure, free, free cure for every cancer, one simple thing. But it's given to you to share with whoever you want. You're the only one. Would you keep it to yourself? And you wouldn't, right? What kind of person would? Selfish. Well, we've got a greater cure and a clear-cut command. Because our Lord said, as the Father has sent me, I also send you And so you, we all better go, well, wait, how'd the Father send him? Because it's supposed to be the same way. As the Father sent him, he's sending us. Well, yeah, and thankfully Jesus points it out. It's in the book of Isaiah. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. Look at the next line. And I will hold your hand. That didn't have to be in there. But that's Dad's heart. I will hold your hand. I will keep you. And give me, you should read the whole thing. It's, this is just kind of the highlights there. I will keep you and uh, give you as a light to open blind eyes. We're talking spiritual eyes. To bring out prisoners from the prison of blindness. Those who sit in darkness from the prison house. You see, as, as wonderful as a cure for cancer would be, a cure for cancer can't hold candle to a cure for death itself, right? So why would we keep the world in the dark? Bond servants do not see the Lord's commands as suggestions or options. Paul says, I am obligated. How about you? You obligated? I'm obligated. That's why I am so eager. Because I'm obligated. That's why I'm so eager to preach the gospel and share the stories. The, the mutual stories of the obedience from faith. I'm not ashamed. 
You know, if someone had a cure for cancer, would they be, you know, would you, would you say that they are morally obligated to share it? Yes or no? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Otherwise, they'd be robbing the dying of life. Right? Well, I mean, common sense. Would they be eager to share it? Obviously. Would they be ashamed to share it? Dumb question. That's just a dumb, dumb question. But do you think maybe some of the people around you ever view you when it comes to your faith as unobligated or uneager? We're a little ashamed. Because that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. No guilt, but that shouldn't be. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone. Who simply and freely believes. What more could you want? It's just so, it's right there. I'll tell you, <clears throat> this is... I, you, you may have never heard this before. I guarantee it's going to happen. One day, there's a guy going to show up to you physically here on this earth, okay? And start talking to you. Really nice, sweet guy. You're going to love this guy. And you're going to slowly realize, or maybe just all at once, it's none other than Jesus himself physically appearing to you here. And you're going to be like, hey, you're Jesus. And he'll be all smiles. Yes. And you'll be like, it's Jesus appearing. He's like, only you can see me. Sorry. Why? Uh, look down. And you'll be like, oh, my body fell off. What's my body doing there? It'll be like uh, fingernail clippings, you know? Ew. Yeah, exactly. You'll be like, Ugh, who even wants them back? <laughs> uh, am I dead? And he'll be like, I get that question so much. Quite, quite the opposite. You, sir or ma'am, son, daughter, have been alive ever since you accepted the cure. This is just a momentary transition. <laughs> you got it. And I got to tell you, it's pretty perfect up there. That is the cure that you and I have to share and to offer an eternal bond with the one who sets us free. Bond, sir. Can't be earned, but it's got to be trusted and appreciated regardless of the outcome. Because we don't know. We just don't know. All we can know, saints got to serve. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith. First in the law, right? Old Testament, the law, faith and law. But now in the Lord. See, it says from first faith to last faith. From the law, legalism, to the Lord, a savior. From religion to relationship. Just as it is written by the Old Testament prophet, Habakkuk, who saw what was coming, he said, the righteous will live by faith. And now we can finish that thought in Jesus Christ as their chosen Lord and Savior. Once they've gone from faith to faith, right? Once they've gone from religion to relationship. Faith to faith. It's like the way we 
we live from breath to breath, we are told quite clearly that all scripture, all the law before Jesus was God-breathed. It's the term that's used. But we can't live on the breath we took yesterday. It's also true of our day-to-day faith. You ever stay underwater too long? You know, we've all kind of had that moment, right? Did you just put yourself there? Underwater too long. Did you feel obligated to breathe? Were you eager to breathe? Were you ashamed to breathe? Dumb. What a dumb question. It's just a dumb question. It should have nothing. It should have no part in the conversation. Therefore, since we, bond servants, have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Take a breath. We have peace with God through, well, the ultimate faithful obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because our master's our master's our servant. That's just one of the craziest things. But as the firstborn from the dead once said, that's one of his titles in scripture, the firstborn from the dead. As the firstborn from the dead once said, if anyone desires to be first, oh, like the firstborn from the dead, he shall be last of all and servant of all. And so he, by his own free will and faithful obedience, was pierced. He was pierced for our transgressions. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And on the day of that first Pentecost post-resurrection, Peter said, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, Master and Savior. This Jesus whom you pierced, whom you crucified. Now when they heard this and understood, they were pierced to the heart and said, brethren, what shall we do? Take the cure and then do what only a bondservant can do. Grateful acts of faithful obedience. Which is not to say it's easy. It's not an easy path. This just happens to be the right, the right path. In fact, Paul famously talks about the uphill battle of his own struggles to do the very things he wants to do. Faithful obedience. Obeying when you don't get it. You don't want to do it. It's like walking on an icy hillside. I don't, this was in the news a while back. <laughs> these, these poor guys trying to go down this trail in the Grand Canyon. Oh, it's, that's crazy. But what a great picture. This is what a faith... Faithful obedience looks like. It's like walking on an icy hillside trying not to backslide. Sin is that gravity, is that downward pull of the former master who refuses to set us free without a fight. And righteousness is the upward path. Made it. Where we walk in true freedom with the king of the mountain. But down here? Oh, you know how the way it works down here. Down is always easier than up. But gratitude for grace and stories of faith are like an anti-gravity force that inspires us to steadily and increasingly resist that path of least resistance. 
And yet, we're still not out of the woods. Because even when we do that, even as we come in out of the cold, want to be like Jesus. Then it's like submerging near-frozen fingers and toes under warm water. You ever do that? It just stings. It's like you know it's the right thing to do, but it just... And you know the water's not not even hot. It just stings like needles. That's how it is when we put our pride and our sin under His authority. That's why righteousness, that's why obedience is so unappealing at first. And that's why it requires faith to push through the painful process of restoring life into what's gone cold. Because in that moment when you first put your hand under, all you want to do is pull it out and go put it back in the snow, put it back in the ice, put it back in the cold to numb the pain. Even though you know it's going to kill it. But it's what you want to do. It's a conflict. So... What do, what do we do? Hey, Peter, what shall we do? Push through. Push through. Because when you do, it begins to feel good. And then you want it warmer. Like, oh, okay. Then you want it hot. Because the heat that brings pain ultimately brings pleasure. If you push through. If you push through. And that's when going back out in the cold loses all of its appeal. Oh, I don't want to. It's gone the other direction now. I don't want to. Yeah, I just want to be righteous. And that's when you know that restoration is taking place deep inside. And remembering that, and sharing the painful process with each other, with one another. Sharing the process in its many forms of faithful obedience will greatly encourage ourselves and others to lean into the pain and suffering of the warm bubble bath. And I think that is such a fantastic way to look at. We need to get this inside our heads. This is what Jesus is so funny. This is what Jesus is called to do. Called us to do. Read it together. Lean into the pain and suffering of the warm bubble bath. And we go, oh man. He sure requires a lot. Well, just soak that in for a moment. That's the call. That's the call. Because after all, it takes time for bond servants to adjust to free will obedience. So used to being under the law for so long. Paul bookends Romans chapter, the first to the first chapter, the last to the last chapter. By encouraging his fellow bond servants to offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And you know the cure now. And so offer the parts of your body to him, especially that old frozen tongue, as instruments of righteousness. For sin, this is his big conclusion in Romans, for sin shall not be your master. Because you are not under law. But from faith to faith, you gladly serve under grace. So just don't hold your faith in too long or it'll suffocate. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and worship you and serve you with grateful, ear-pierced eagerness. Holy Spirit, inspire us to grow from religion faith to relationship faith and empower us to push through Lord Jesus, we praise you and thank you 
gladly declare that we belong to you. And all the bondservants said, Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.